I got a couple guys from work who are going to be listening to the latest episode. Oh, mm. well, we better oh. show off. They're going to add to our to the cool billion. Yep, I told them we used to be really big, and now it's like <laughs> uh, to them? we've got like one follower or something. We used to be really big, and it's someone's someone's mom. Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so wet. Oh my god, it's coming. Trailer Park Podcast, episode 137. I welcome the gang. I welcome uh, my cousin and his wife, Daniel, Amanda. Uh, Thanks for having us uh, on this family show. You're welcome. Uh, We do issue a warning, though, regarding uh, profanity. That's okay. Our daughter says, oh shit, (laughs) on a regular basis. (laughs) Did you... Did you teach your daughter to speak this way? Well, I mean, by example, I guess. It's not like I told her to say it. I guess you no, couldn't really picked, deny that. She just picked it up by accident and like cut to me just with Daphne and like in the corner of the hallway, like, say shit, say shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like old, old uh, video camera footage. <laughs> yeah, just slide, just pan over to the right. Uh, I heard a laugh there. That was the intern. He's also here to represent um, the sad sacks of the world. Oh, the saddest, the saddest of sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, does that mean he's like our he's like our mascot? Yeah, just a real sad, <laughs> put like plush scrotum. Every once in a while, though, I feel bad about it. Like I'll be teasing him. I'm oh. just it's just an automatic right now. Like oh, the intern said something shit on him. So you know <laughs> whether it's in the chat or on the podcast, I'll just be like automatic just shit on him, and then. You know, he'll say something sometimes, and I'll just be like, man. He's my only friend. You, well, he kind, of, <laughs> he kind of is. Like, what if what if he just showed up one day to hang out with me and was just like, you know what, I'm going to stay at my sister's place because you're a fucking asshole. And then he just left. <laughs> That's yeah, quite it's, possibly a reality. Like, It doesn't need to be shat on every time. Sometimes you can just fart and sort of waft it into his face. <laughs> oh, there would be repercussions for that. <laughs> And I've got some of the best gases coming out of out of me lately. Out of all three ends, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just it Does wafts and lingers. Cool. Sure. I'm. That's a legitimate question. It's like a a male quiff. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like if you've jerked off half dozen plus times in a day, maybe that's one of those last ones are just like. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I will tell you what? about. Uh, but, What's the number? What's the number that explains oh, Nathan's that? Nathan's upset because we're talking. Too I'll, much. I'll tell you about the number one thirty-seven. Fine, I'll do it. I'll tell you about it. The male quiff. Uh, it's an Eisenstein number. It's a Pythagorean prime. It's a strictly non-palindromic number. Um, I don't know how to tell you this, guys, but all the bullshit that we do, episode to episode, like. I, I say my little fancy things about the number and nobody cares about the number and everybody laughs. <laughs> oh, the number stuff is so funny and dumb. Uh, it sounds just like us. <laughs> it's a good impression. Um, 137 is actually a really big deal and I can't do it. I can't do it tonight. I can't just gloss over it. 
without any real meaning. Yeah, it's a giant prime. Uh, Sum is 11, another very esoteric cult number. No, I'm actually going to blow your mind right now. Do you believe? Oh. Do you believe me? Do I believe you? Are you about to take me on a magic carpet ride? <laughs> <laughs> Since the early 1900s, physicists have postulated that the number 137 could lie at the heart of a grand unified theory that relates theories of electromagnetism, quantum mechanics, and gravity. Hmm. Seems like you're implying that tonight's lineup could be so mind-blowing that after listening to tonight's episode, you can consider yourself evolved. The energy of 137 also resonates with the cooperation and the relationships that facilitate cooperation and coexistence. So you can take that wherever you want. It also resonates with independence. How many cooperations were in there? It also <laughs> operates with independence. Too many. There's too also, many cooperations in there. We're, we're going to cooperate independently? There's a whole, guys, there's a whole blurb on this, though, about how crazy. Cooperation. No, about 137 and how fucking crazy the number could be. Physicists cream about 137, that it's like a pure number, that physicists should put a sign in their offices with the number 137 to remind them of just how much they do not know. It is a serious, serious number, and whether you want to take it seriously or not is up to you, and whether you want to view this lineup as a possible grand unified lineup for all time, that's up to you as well. I like it. Was that over? Oh, Oh, that segment's oh, no. over. I, yeah. I don't know if I can talk anymore because my mind's been exploded. All right, Amanda. Give it to me. I want to hear about the House of Gucci. <gasps> House of Gucci. Um. Okay, I saw it last night in the theatre, and I overarching feeling is positive. I I liked it. It was, um, of course, extremely well acted. Um, costumes were beautiful. Everybody looked just right. Uh, I don't know that it's a triumph for Ridley Scott. I think we have to take this one out of probably the running for his home run only because, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that I don't see any rewatch value in it at all. And it has like a very odd pacing, not a bad one, but like there's really, it's almost, the pacing is almost monotone. Nothing is more important or less important than the scene prior. There's really not a climax. It's just, we're just going to tell you this family's story without really even much editorializing of it. Um, not even casting too much opinion on who was in the right, if anybody. It's just, here's how this family destroyed itself. That's all. Um, so, standout performances, though? Like... Oh, I think Gaga was a was a fucking triumph. She got it. She got. Um, she got an Oscar in her bag, or an acting Oscar in her bag. I don't know who else is going to be up. She's I already mean, got an an Oscar in her bag for music. If it's if it's a does. thin crowd, she could win. But it's going to be between her and Kristen Stewart. Ugh. Then yes, Gaga for the win. Wouldn't that be funny? 
If, if Case do that... won over Gaga and Amanda just had to sit there and and take it, take it. <laughs> she hates for those of for the cool building that don't know, she hates Case do and she loves Gaga. So it would be a punch in the in the face. It would be a slap. It would be a real slap. Yeah. There's some there's some drama from the Gucci family. They're attacking this movie a little bit. I saw in the in the old headlines. Oh really? Why are they like too accurate? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more about like how they felt about her. Oh, like, like their feelings towards her in general being portrayed incorrectly or some such nonsense. All I know is that it probably executes right. Like Ridley doesn't not execute. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's flawless from from that perspective. I just, you know, less a story and more a snapshot of madness. Yeah, it's a a lot of really good actors acting. Yep. And and the story is not so good. Oh, the story is what it is. So either you're interested in it or you're not. Intern has watched it as well. Mm. Yeah. You disagree with anything Amanda said? No, no, I'm on board. Okay. Uh, we're of one hive mind here. Have you seen okay. the K. Stu Spencer movie? I, I have. Okay, I so in your opinion, who would you vote for to win Best Actress? I would give it to Gaga. Okay. <clears throat> uh, can yeah. someone tell me about Ghostbusters Afterlife, please? Me. Okay. Whichever of the three of you, I've, we've, we've, we've heard from both you and Amanda. If Daniel's also seen Daniel, it, then I'd like ahead. to hear from Daniel. Thank you. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised by Ghostbusters Afterlife. I went in, I don't know, I wasn't all that excited to go see it. I know that we were excited about the trailer a little bit. It looked like it had some promise. I wasn't really sure what to expect or if I was going to be disappointed. So I just kind of laid low and went in and... I don't think you would have gone to see it if I hadn't been like, I bought tickets. We're going to see it. Right. Yeah. And uh, man, does that little girl just sell the whole movie oh or she makes the whole like movie. Like in a grace. Movie. You know what she's from? What is hmm. she from? She's from the movie that I love watching. That's ridiculous, but it's gifted. <laughs> gifted? Where she plays this smart ass kid who's smarter than everyone else and can do math. Uh, and Chris Evans has to navigate that... her genius as her father. Yeah, well, no, he's her uncle, and her mom killed herself, and he's raising her. Oh, raise, anyway, raise those stakes. Uh, she's great. She's Captain Marvel as a kid. She's good in everything. Yeah, like she's she's, she's so good, she, at, and she's especially good at that character. Like when you because you have you get this feeling that it's a. Uh, it's a whole different generation of actors. It's been a long time since we've made an attempt to go back to like the real Ghostbusters world. And so you're not sure if they're going to like capture the essence of everything properly, or if it's been too long, or does she even really have any attachment to the character Egon? Like, does that even mean anything to her? And you're like, after you spend 15 minutes with her, you're like, holy shit, this is Egon's daughter. And I think the point where like I was... The, the exact moment that I was sat back and relaxed and was like, all right, let's do this uh, was when she, she, she like, she nails some joke with Paul Rudd where she yeah. a little like a little wink for him. Yeah. And that, I think I fell in love with her in that moment. I was like, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's do this. And then, they, and they honestly did, they managed to capture like a really fun 
maybe there might have been a little bit too much tear jerk masturbation at the end, I think, for me. But wow, it was so much better than I expected. And, I, and so much of it rides on, on her shoulders. I was I was quite impressed. Interesting. I really like Carrie Coon and I really like Paul Rudd, both of them, a lot. So I was pretty, I was tentatively hoping that this would be worth it. And plus some of the comments that Bill Murray made about the script being good. How are the cameos? Do they play out good or no? Yeah, maybe a bit ham-fisted because you spend so much time with the actors in in the movie that you almost are like, do do I even really need a big cameo? And then right when you think that they're not going to really do anything about it, they drop in just like (laughs) a mega blast of cameos. Nice. And you're like, oh, okay, so we are doing this. That's what I mean by the sort of a, a bit much. Like you were all, yeah. you were already good without it. You didn't need to do it. Yeah, like it could have been. They didn't need to do the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it got a little too saccharine at just at the last second. Yeah, how many Just like tight-lipped, slow nods to each other are we gonna do? You know, um, but no, it was very heartfelt. It was very. You could tell a lot of people in the audience even were like getting choked up when they weren't expecting to just on behalf of the actors themselves, like not even the movie. I think they're all just like <laughs> end of an era and they're all giving their their nods to, uh, to what's his face. The actor that actually plays Egon that directed it. Harold Ramis. Yeah, Harold Ramis. Yeah. So are we like drinking game level here with with slow nods and acknowledgments? <laughs> No, because it doesn't. It, it literally only happens at the very end of the movie. So you'd yeah. be sober the whole time otherwise. Okay. At, at <laughs> Halloween, we tried to do Lost Boys. Every time they say Michael, oh, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Too many yeah. times. Hey, Michael. 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 It's just Michael. endless. I you, think can't, well, you can't keep up with it. I think what's really impressive is um, the thing that I've always found to be kind of, kind of characteristic or iconic of Ghostbusters is that Almost like nothing else, they marry silly with scary. And I feel like Afterlife really nails that as well. Like, there are moments when you're like, oh, this is just a goofy, fun ride. And then there are other moments where you're like, holy shit, this is a bit more (laughs) intense than I was expecting. So that's the thing that I remember from the original Ghostbusters as well. Moments of like, oh, this is so campy. And then, oh shit, there's real stakes. So all that's super impressive. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching Ghostbusters and I shit on the trailer because I was like, I don't want this. Yeah, you did. Yeah, but, so that's but it was really good. And minus the last five minutes, it was really good. But yeah, I don't know. It's good enough. I'm probably going to buy it. Yeah, I think it's a worthy. Yeah, it's a worthy sequel. If you want to consider those three movies together and then the female Ghostbusters as like a reboot side experiment that failed well yeah whether or not it failed well i liked paul rudd's comments about that that it was like first through the door like it gave permission right yeah it did that, that that's that's a fair that's a fair uh comment yeah i watched a, a netflix show it's really short the episodes are like i don't know 22 minutes or whatever and there's only like seven episodes in the in the whole season and it's uh based on a graphic novel called i am not okay with this Oh, that sounds familiar. It's kind of like a girl who starts to realize she's got like Carrie type telekinetic abilities, but it's hmm. uh, it's it's fun. I mean, they didn't. I think they canceled it, so there's only the one season. But it's real quick, like, and it, there's some really fun choices, and I enjoyed it. So I thought I'd recommend it, even though it got canceled. And I also watched one episode of Dexter: New Blood, and I'm good. 
I'm good. <laughs> that was that enough, bad. eh? Don't need to see any more of that. Oh. Oh wow. I uh, challenge you to watch <laughs> more than one episode of it. Well, maybe uh, I'll turn that one on next. Although I think your all of your tolerances for Dexter are probably higher than mine. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I really had to power through the end just because I had to finish it out of from like a pride perspective. So for me to turn on a reboot that came what a decade or more later and for it to also be stupid and shitty, <laughs> I might break the TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's awesome, which you should watch instead of doing that is uh, Cowboy Bebop. Also also canceled. What? Yeah. Already? Yeah, they already, they already canceled it. They it was caved, so good. They caved to the internet people. See, this is I'm, I'm glad you brought this up in turn, but let's geek out on this a little bit. Did you have any attachment to the like 90s anime Cowboy Bebop? Uh, I watched the first two episodes and I really liked the first episode and I didn't like the second one, so I stopped watching it. Right. See, so we're in the same boat and this is what I've noticed. I only watched the, the movie. The what? I only watched the anime movie. Okay. And I thought that was awesome. And I didn't watch anything else. See, I, I think I've caught maybe handfuls of Cowboy Bebop over the years just because it was very prevalent on Cartoon Network and stuff like that late at night. But I noticed that the internet, all the anime fans, knee-jerk freaked out and shit all over this live-action Cowboy Bebop right away. Immediately. In <sighs> but I noticed that anybody that didn't have any attachment to the original anime in any powerful way really enjoyed this live action remake it's so good they and i was like i was on that i was on that train with with with, with intern i i took a couple of episodes it was a slow burn i wasn't sure if i was going to get into it and then i think when they when the when the female joins their crew i was just like oh shit here we go i'm ready i was ready right from the beginning they made it r-rated like there's blood and swearing yeah, there's blood swearing there's even some tits that's what i want there's some nice jazz music i learned the bass line to the intro <laughs> Yeah, John Cho looks like the character. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. And I thought anyway, it was, I thought it was really charming. It's lots of fun. I wanted I, I put it on my list. I wanted to watch it. <clears throat> and I was really shocked at the special effects. Like they are really the like the spaceship effects are Oh, they're so good. They were mind-blowingly good for a television show. I was like, what am I looking at here? This is movies have things to learn from this. I wonder if sometimes the cancellations are associated with how much money is allotted to them as well. Like, can we continue to make Cowboy Bebop with less money? Or we either make it with the money that we've been spending on it or we don't make it. That's so disappointing that it's canceled. Yeah, that is disappointing because... I was hoping for three seasons that would be ideal. Because Netflix made a live-action version of Death Note, and it was pretty bad. It's one of the few animes that I've seen. I like Death Note. I watched live action. It wasn't awful, but it was not very good at all. And I thought the leap in quality from that to this attempt at another anime live action, I was like, this is so much better than your previous attempt. So it's, yeah, it's sad it got canceled because I think it, they just would have gotten better at it. Yeah. Hmm. Anybody have any uh, burden list updates? Anybody watch anything? Mm, no. no. No, Predator's on the oh, docket. What? No. It's literally staring us in the face. I just got to convince her to sit down and watch it. I was recently listening to a, um, I listened to the Rewatchables podcast about movies and they did Predator and I didn't, I, maybe I did realize this before and I nerd out about it every time I hear it, but John McTiernan directed Predator. That means 
That means that John McTiernan directed Predator in 1987 and Die Hard in 1988. Back to back. Predator, Die Hard. Back to back Jacks. Is that like the best two movies over two years in anyone's career ever? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's pretty good. The cocaine was so good back then. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and they had a lot of challenges with Predator. Like, they originally had Jean-Claude Van Damme cast as the Predator, and they had to reshoot some stuff and change <laughs> John? Them. Yeah. So they were like, let's get a guy that's 5'5 five five to play Predator. And they were like, no, just kidding. Let's get a guy that's 7'8. Well, that's one of the biggest things about the Predator monster. Like, especially in a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, you can't... You can't make that thing scary unless he's bigger. Right. It's got to be bigger. Oh, and just some of the hokey shit, you know, smoking cigars and like having the the arm wrestle in midair with the huge sweaty biceps. Oh, Amanda, you'll love it. You'll love it. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of meat and man. Um, Sweaty people. A lot of like ribbons tied around biceps. Stick around. Oh, it's great. Uh one more thing I just want to throw this in real quick. I caught a movie that I wasn't expecting to find on Hulu called We Have to Do Something. I think that's what it's called. Uh, real weird. Mom, dad, sister, younger brother. They rush into the master bathroom of their house or their basement or whatever because there's a tornado warning. And then some sort of weird debris falls in front of the only door out of their master bedroom. And I guess it's underground so they can't like break the walls down or anything. And they're just trapped. And it turns out that it's actually the end of the world. And so it's just pure apocalypse happening outside. And they're stuck inside of this bathroom. And all their drama comes out. And they just descend into madness. And uh, the reason that I mentioned it is because I always have to take the time to mention a movie that has a moment of madness or a moment of violence that I've never seen before. <laughs> like, I think I gave Jack Reacher mad respect for using one man's skull to bash another man's skull. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, and so in, the, in this one, it's Pat Healy, who, who I think is... He usually plays a meek nerd in like cheap thrills and movies like that. In this, he's like a deranged alcoholic father. And in one moment, he's like fucking freaking out because he's about to kill his own daughter. And a rattlesnake sneaks in through the door and bites his face. And he just pulls it off of his face. It pulls a piece of his chunk, like a chunk of his cheek with it. He bites the snake's head off, laughing, blood pulling out of his mouth. And then he beats his wife half to death with the snake's dead body. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was like, what is happening right now? I've never seen this level of madness in a long time. <laughs> oh, good That's stuff. Madness. Yeah. Anyway, it ends super, super uh, dour and depressing. Oh, okay. Give it a watch. <clears throat> okay. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, so, so I do need to let you know that I have watched the, the last movie on the burden list. Oh, you did watch Shang-Chi? I did. Oh. Uh, well, then you get to burden I, something to someone else. How many rings do you give it? Oh. Uh, <laughs> How you many, know, how many rings out of ten? Did, everything that they did that didn't involve magic was great fun, and the other ninety percent of the movie was not good. Um, yeah, I really like Aquafina. She's awesome. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, she's great. She's great fun. She's funny. Uh, Daniel, uh, I'm gonna burden the last duel to you. Oh, and okay. You can get some Ridley Scott. Uh, Rape. Some great violence for us. It's gonna force yeah, Daniel to, to watch the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Don't worry. You only you only you get, get you to, watch get to watch it three times. Part. I want to yeah. see. I want to see um, Affleck's hair. So this is good for us as a unit. 
Yeah, I was thinking that I should burden Amanda, but you have a lot of movies on your list. It's fun. No, it's fun to burden her. I promised to like clean it up before the end of the year, and I'm running out of time. Obviously, we're down like <laughs> the last like two and a half weeks. Well, of the year. you said predators staring you in the face, so you just gotta, you just gotta so jump in. I think uh, what all three of you need to do is uh, burden a movie each to me. Ooh. Oh, to to oh. refill my list here. Oh, okay. Can we think about it for the next episode? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. She's, she says, the jungle just came alive and took him. Okay. Really had to get that out of your system, huh? I'm just quoting Predator as we go. <laughs> Have you seen all the Herbies? <laughs> I don't think I've seen very many. <laughs> oh, that's great. Which one is the one where Herbie gets a girlfriend? Uh, it's number two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he falls in love with a little like Italian... Uh, yeah, you know, sport car. Yeah. It's very cute. Yeah, it's very cute. There's something out there, Major, and it ain't no man. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> let's carry on. I think we have a little rapid fire on the docket. I'm gonna uh, introduce something new to the rapid fire tonight, though. Uh, I want you guys to tell me what the. Maybe this has always been a part of it. I don't know, but what what the what the best piece of news is from the batches of rapid fire? Like, what's the best one? You know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think we just have to So uh, there's a, a That 70s Show spinoff being made at Netflix uh, called That 90s Show. Uh, Gladiator 2 is happening next after the Napoleon movie's done, Ridley Scott says. And Leonardo DiCaprio is in final talks to star as Jim Jones in a Kool-Aid movie. I could see that. Um he's got to chub up get a big beard going look really really sweaty and unhealthy all the time and mm-hmm. super jacked on meth uh i think dicaprio could pull off jim jones i think that is yeah. that is the I thing think. that stands out as being the most interesting article to me although that 90s show <laughs> 90s is my is my decade so i'm a little i'm a little interested i'm quite interested actually in that because this, that 70s show was probably one of my favorite shows ever um so, but who will it center on? Right. Because they ended that 70s show very stupidly. Could they bring back Topher Grace as the father? I think they have to, right? Is it going to be Topher and... I would hope so. But um, I don't know. I thought I read something on it. Th- I think at least, I think Red and his wife are going to be in it looking after their grandkid or something. That's like interesting. It, it was not as, I was not as like, it seemed like there was a lot of people missing. Okay. Well, they can't have Hyde because he's a, a rapist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. Mila and uh, what's his nuts are Ashton. probably not interested. Better yeah, I think Stez is like a drug addict. Well, just yeah. trouble. Aren't those two and Topher Grace like those three of them? Aren't they like movie stars now? Topher tried to be, and Early. it didn't didn't happen. Yeah, Topher just had a bad agent. Yeah, I think that's. Probably I feel like true. if you had a better agent, well, you, you would have a nice niche of like Michael Sarah type roles. Yeah, he was in that Spike Lee movie. What the one where they recently? Like, no, Black sex? Klansman. Oh. Oh. Oh yeah. oh. oh yeah. Still, I don't think he's he's certainly not a star. That's that's too much of a word for him. Um, the chick that plays Donna mm. has had a very successful TV career though. So yeah, yeah Laura, Laura wasn't she in Orange Is the New Black? Laura Prepon. Is that who that was? 
Topher like yeah. did a bunch of movies that had too many words in the title. He did. You know, like How to Win a Date with Todd Hamilton. And... That's a cute movie, though. Tad. Uh, Ocean's Eleven? Yeah, with Tad, sorry. <laughs> Tad, short for yeah. Thaddeus. Yeah, he played he played himself in Ocean's Eleven at the beginning. And I'm terrified of the possibility of what Gladiator 2 is. I don't, we don't need this. <laughs> no, that's what a you, bad idea. What are you doing? There's not a trainer on the planet that can get get him <laughs> back into shape. <laughs> no, that's true, yeah. No, well, he's he's dead. He's dead. It would have to be about somebody else. It would be about the kid. Unless you can, if you, if you can digitally oh. de-age, can you digitally like alter their body type? Oh yeah, <laughs> real like shiny body with his yeah with his alcoholic large head. Right. He's going from unhinged three hundred and fifty pounds to gladiator two. He was three fifty in that. Well, I don't know. He looks fucking huge. He like, looks really bloated. He's a blob of man. Two sixty. 270 maybe. It's like a, just a solid like that's the kind of like that's the kind of like Australian that could kill a woman with one hit. That's a funny game. <laughs> that's a funny game. You could be like, okay, just like a Q&A at the beginning of an episode. Daniel, how much did Russell Crowe weigh in Unhinged? Go. He's pushing 3 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Rapid fire. All right, John Wick origin series, the Continental TV series, Mel Gibson in it. Uh, also, Mel Gibson wow. directing Lethal Weapon 5 because Richard Donner died and asked him to before he died. And James Bond, Dwayne Johnson wants to be the next James Bond. Oh, fuck. Dwayne, get out of here. No, get out of here. No, hard pass. He's not even, he's not English. He wants to break all the rules. He's the biggest box office uh, star in the world. I love him, but you oh. have to have, like, I don't, does he, I, he may genuinely not know that he's not sexy. Like, he's a good looking guy, but there's, he completely lacks sex appeal. Chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He's asexual. We've talked about it before. Asexual people and non-British people. Sorry, you're just not in the running, Dwayne. But I do want each of you to say what I said to the intern because he sighed. After I said Dwayne Johnson is the biggest movie star, box office star in the world. That's just the truth. But it upsets him when you say it to him. I, I, and I understand him being <laughs> upset. But, you know, sometimes the, uh, facts are, are just subjective. Yeah, you better get on board, intern. He's got like four or five jungle movies left in him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. A lot of people need to die right away. Here's, here's the other thing, though, about you. Despite the fact that he has no like sexual chemistry on screen... Or that he's just maybe at risk of, of oversaturation or any of those things. Uh, he's a gargantuan and immediately recognizable anywhere in the world. Yeah. A terrible spy. Terrible spy. Oh, good call. That's a good I understand that Bond is like not really a man of mystery because everyone fucking knows who he is, but like Craig can still dip in and out of a crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he still looks like an, a, a, a normal person. <laughs> Someone who's six eight and weighs a ton it's gonna stand out that's a great point. he already did his james bond movie and it was called red notice and he sucked that's so that fair that's a good point too also why don't why don't you know what he would be good as as a spy in what kind of movie like austin powers four. Oh yeah totally yeah, he sure it's like a spy then and like made uh michael yeah. myers feel like inadequate or something you know like yeah yeah there you go i just wrote, I just wrote the movie <laughs> you know 
Austin and he Powers. did Central Intelligence. He did that too. Mm. So he's already been a spy for, yeah. for 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 real. For real. And that movie was not fun. How come? Mm. How come they can't like Austin? I know. I know Mike Myers would want to be in it, but I mean James Bond changes all the time. So wouldn't that be the ultimate tribute to James Bond to do another Austin Powers where you replace Austin Powers with someone else? Uh, what other Canadian actor would you find? I'm not, it doesn't have to be Canadian. It could be anybody. Who's a comedian? Bill Burr. You throw Bill Burr in there. No, that's ridiculous. The next Austin Powers. That's ridiculous. You're ridiculous. You're being ridiculous. <sighs> I'm sorry I brought it up. And nobody wanted to talk about only Mel knows Mel. He's going to be associated with John Wick. He's going to be associated with Lethal Weapon 5. Nobody gives a shit. Fine. I, I, I've never seen a Lethal Weapon in my life. Oh, my I'm... God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you just got a rapid fire on your burden list. <laughs> One, two, three, four. I'm going to watch like both of my movies and like Burden, Lethal Weapon 1 and Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Rapid Fire! Hey, hey, Jay! Hey, Jay! Jake Gyllenhaal and Guy Ritchie going to team up for a movie called The Interpreter. Jake Gyllenhaal also being rumored to be in Final Talks to star in the remake of, yeah, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Uh, and also there's a new uh, Universal Monster movie coming out where Nicolas Cage is going to be Dracula. But that's secondary. Secondary. Yes, that seems primary. That's secondary on my radar. To Jake Gyllenhaal. Roadhouse. Huh? Okay, first of all, Roadhouse is ridiculous. It's terrible. It's ridiculous. <laughs> terrible <laughs> movie. Um, So it makes sense that he's choosing to do it because he makes bad choices. Um. <laughs> <laughs> is ambulance on our lineup? <sighs> no, that'll be the next lineup. <clears throat> that'll be the headliner of the next lineup. No, it will not. It will. Jake Gyllenhaal in a Michael Bay film? How do you? Where do you put it in the lineup? How do you teeter or totter that? You can't. You you put it in the garbage what? can where it belongs. That's <laughs> <laughs> the headliner. It can replace the Marvel movie. Hey, huh. you know what? We've had a Michael Bay headliner in the past. We should. Lend ourselves to tradition. <laughs> when I saw that yep. trailer, I was like, how is Nathan going to handle this one? How's he going to spin this one? <laughs> I think we really just need to confront it head on. That's why it needs to be a headliner, because it needs okay. to be dealt with immediately. <laughs> we need to really dig into that. I think the best way to look at it is how much more tolerable is Jake going to make a Michael Bay movie? That's a great point. All yeah. of this will be discussed on the next episode. Oh, right now we're supposed to be talking about Roadhouse. Because yeah. tonight we have to deal with... What the about him tonight? Oh, uh, that he's going to be in the next... Not in the next Guy Ritchie movie, but him and Guy Ritchie are going to make a movie called The Interpreter. Oh. And Guy Ritchie is, uh, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's better than Michael Bay, right? <laughs> yeah, that's truth. Yes. Uh, Why did you say it's strained? Uh, well, because lately, I mean, yeah, the, yeah the, it's not been great for guy either. The yeah, gentleman, I liked, old. I liked the gentleman. And if you guys haven't seen the gentleman, you should watch it because it was decent. It was one of his better ones. It's been a while. I mean, Wrath of Man was not great. Was Wrath of Man a Guy Ritchie movie? Wasn't it? I thought it was. I don't think so. It was somebody that y'all liked, but I don't think it was Guy Ritchie. Well, there you go. Here, intern, fact check us while we prepare for the lineup of 137, which, as we already said, could be the key between uh, all the physics, all the electromagnetism and the gravity of the world. This is the lineup tonight. We have before us what could be 
the greatest lineup that we have ever experienced. You know, I knew that. I knew when I woke up this morning, I knew that this was going to be the best lineup that we've ever had. (laughs) I'm just reading a press release here from Sad Sack Studios right now. It says here that this is the greatest lineup that we have ever had. Okay, now we don't say this very often. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest lineup you will ever witness as a member of this podcast. The lineup to which all of you shall be bequeathed. And I'm not fucking around this time. This time it is serious. Tonight could be the greatest lineup, pound for pound, best lineup we've ever experienced before on Trailer Park Podcast. Well, I like a good pound. Uh, Sadzak has has issued a few statements. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Best show ever. Uh, um, <laughs> this lineup will change your life, yeah, and so, you'll punch a baby. And uh, number eighty means harmony. And the guy Ritchie did direct Wrath of Man. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you we go. owe my husband an apology. Mm. Uh, oh. does, it, does it really warrant us apologizing to each other? <laughs> well, it's just sort of impressive that he remembered something. Oh, that's true. Hey, Daniel, I'm sorry. There you go. Our headliner uh, tonight. Apology turned into a smear. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a lie. <laughs> sounds about right. Uh, headliner tonight. It's a pretty big one. Never, never thought we'd ever have a... A Matrix headliner, but here you go. Matrix Resurrections. Matrix Resurrections. Here we go. Thomas? You seem particularly triggered right now. Can you tell me what happened? I've had dreams that weren't just dreams. Am I crazy? We don't use that word in here. You're still fighting, and why you will never give up. You don't know me. No?
after all these years, to be going back to where it all started. Back to the Matrix. All right. I'm actually going to let my wife lead on this one. Amanda, Matrix Resurrections, worried or excited? Thank you. Thank you, dear, for letting me take this one because I um, had the lucky, good fortune, privilege to see a Matrix trailer. The first one that I saw was when we went and saw Ghostbusters Afterlife in the theater. So I didn't even know a trailer was out and I, which I should have, but so I got to see it on the big screen with great sound. And because I distinctly remember walking out of the movies in the nineties with my parents and my brother for the first time and having had my mind blown by a movie for the first time as a, as a person. And so seeing this trailer for me, like took me back to that very young kid having this incredibly transformative experience with a movie for the first time. And I 100% no lie cried in the theater. Uh, so I don't know if it's going to be as good as my, like my little heart wants it to be, or feels like it will be, but I am profoundly affected by it. Um, I love that. It seems to, there's something really special about it. You know, this super cool sci-fi movie, great special effects and all of the up close Kung Fu stuff that we love so much at the end of the day, all of the matrix stuff, all of that, you know, breaking your mind free and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, it's all still at its very, very simple core, a love story Mm -hmm. just really hits me someplace very special. So I am beyond excited. Um, I can't wait if it's maybe it's who knows. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe they shouldn't. I don't know if it's bad, whatever. I don't, I don't really care because I'm, I don't know. It, it, It has a special place for me. Thank you, Amanda. And this lends itself to some comments that I wanted to make because I was having it. I went over to, um, I guess you could call them my in-laws at this point, my common law in-laws. And we were talking about movies that had a serious impact on people based on when they grew up and the experiences that they had in the theater. And like for them, for their generation, it was like Jaws and, uh, Star Wars and stuff where basically changes your life. Like you see something you never saw before and you just, your jaw drops and you leave the, uh, you leave the theater stunned at what's possible. And I was musing with them. Like, I don't know, do I have anything from my movie going life that could compare to the kind of impact that something like Jaws and something like Star Wars had? And I mentioned specifically Jurassic Park. I remember that. I remember the dinosaurs having a pretty big kick in the pants when I was a kid. And the Matrix, walking out of the Matrix. Similar, where you're like looking at the world in a way that you didn't look at it before. Or, you know, it it put an an idea in your head that was executed so purely that, yeah, it went home with you. It went home with you and it stayed with you for a long time. And that's... You know, and all the bullet time stuff and everything that they just blew your fucking mind in 1999. They blew it wide open. That being said, 
That being said, I would like to redefine and examine the worried and excited TPP mandate tonight. Because I feel like excited has become like this. If you're excited, it means you think it's going to be good. And worried means you think it's going to be bad. And I don't know that that was ever the intention. That we may have been unnaturally pulled into a good and bad dichotomy. Because I want this to be good. But I'm worried that it won't be. So I'm like, really? But you're excited. I'm, I'm conflicted. But you're excited to watch it. I will watch it. But, yeah. but at the same time, everything that has a beginning has an end. That was the tagline for Revolutions. The original, so profound, so impactful. The Reloaded was crazy, and I enjoyed it. But the disconnect with the prophetic analogy was rearing its head and whispering a warning. And Revolutions was disappointing. I mean, look at the... I mean, I don't, we don't put a lot of stock in Rotten Tomatoes, but it's like, you know, Matrix is like 90 plus percent and Reloaded is 78%, and then Revolutions is like 35%, because it just unraveled in this way that no one wanted it to. And I'm, I can't rewatch Revolutions to this day because of the feelings of absolute disappointment I have associated with it. And you go through the list of all the movies that they've made 20 years later, and uh, you know some of them were okay, some of them were good, some, some of them weren't. So it's tough. I, I'm... I don't know. I'm... I I understand your concerns. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's tough not to think. Okay, it's been twenty years. Can we go back to this? Uh, it was a very steep step off in in sort of enjoyment throughout the trilogy. Uh, what I'm kind of leveraging my hope on is that maybe this is like a. I feel like they, the way revolutions feels when you watch it, it feels like they trap themselves in their own story and just had to play it out even though they didn't want to play it out that way. So this yeah, almost feels they, like a correction. That's what it feels like to me too. It feels like reloaded in revolutions. I don't remember what order they go in. It, it feels like there was pressure on them to spit more movies out while it was hot at the time and ride that train. And now they've had that pressure is gone because they didn't have to make this movie. These People, these core people made it because I think that they knew they could make something better and they could make something meaningful. I hope that's the case. Yeah, because what I mean by trap themselves in their own story is that, okay, the revelation that we can wake up from the Matrix is awesome. But now the reality of that revelation is that, oh, now there's a bunch of like dirty, cave-dwelling, desperate humans hiding out in some tunnels and they have to fight a global ai atrocity and then by the time they get to the third movie you're basically just watching that that war play out and it's very boring and dirty and it's not none of the fun and glitz of going in and out of the matrix repeatedly that's that's more what i mean is that this is like oh this is more fun we should have kept this and it sounds like they've made the story deeper like oh all of that shit previously was just more matrices within matrices or whatever and now they've forgotten everything but yes speaking to your original point that this is just a love story that is where I'm weirdly attached to this movie, too. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, I love all this stuff. All the weird leather and the slow-mo and the Mr. Anderson. Oh, I love all that shit. And I, I, my, my hair stands up for all of that stuff when I remember how, how much fun it was in the late 90s to watch it. But when Keanu, or when Neo and Trinity shake hands in that coffee shop and, like, remember each other for a second, that's where I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm drawn into this for that. 
and that that excites me and and that 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 version of white rabbit is just fucking awesome yeah no it's no yeah it's it's just difficult because i sit here and i think about the opportunity that the matrix had sometimes they just should leave well enough alone you know it got so chaotic with the sequels and i mean i get where they went with it it was like oh he's just an anomaly that has to happen for everything to correct it's like everything has to be the system has to be torn down before it can be built back up again by the anomaly and it's like that's just depressing that he's just an anomaly yeah he's a controlled opposition yeah yeah, because at the end of the first movie it's like i'm gonna show everybody who you are i'm coming for you you know and you leave the theater like holy fuck (laughs) uplifted about it about breaking free from the matrix and showing them who their masters are you know but and then just to call it revolutions and then to have it be about him being an anomaly is kind of <laughs> i don't know so with the matrix yeah i worked at the movie theater when the matrix came out yeah in 99 and uh so i was following everything and this was an experience before the movie even came out because the trailer happened and it was just the digital thing and it said what is the matrix and that was it they had a lot of fun with that that was the trailer and i was like what what the fuck is the matrix mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to know what the matrix is and nothing and then the movie came out like there wasn't hints of what it's going to be about but there was anticipation and then i watched the movie and from the first scene you see carrie ann moss jump in the air and the camera moves around and it wasn't just me or everyone in my generation. It was everyone in the theater whose brain fucking exploded. Yeah. Like, I watched this movie 11 times in the theater, which, like, I don't know. It's impressive. I feel like... For you, that seems like a lot. It It is a lot. But I don't... Like, I grew up watching action movies. And then all of a sudden... This was the best action movie that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Like everything about it is so good. Their their love story, the actual action. It also the, turned him into a turned him into a superhero before superhero movies existed. As, as but they this exist is better today. than any superhero movie. <laughs> no, I get that. I'm just pointing out that he becomes one, essentially. Right. And everything makes sense. And like the internet wasn't the same thing as it is that we all know it to be right now but i was i was pulled in it seemed everything seemed like yeah i i'm on board instantly there was no hesitation and i'm ready to do that again the internet the internet has become the matrix now (laughs) right (laughs) yeah i feel like they know what they're doing with like all the on the technical side of things like they're they're done the feeling out process, so it's going to be interesting to see, yeah, like what, what shit's happening. Uh, yeah, like with the pressure off. Yeah, what can they? Oh yeah, there's what can there's more instances of Neo in this trailer using his like pulse arm powers than in all three previous movies combined. Yeah, when he does the push on the like Lawrence Fishburne guy, whoever that is, um. Yeah, as soon as that happened, I was like, well, I'm watching this as soon as I can. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess generally I'm excited. I just wish that like there was a better way 
to express how I feel. Like, is this going to be Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Or, you know, is it going to be Mad Max Fury Road? Well, I think the thing is, is that it's not going to be The Matrix. Because you can't, once you've seen Bullet Time, you've seen it. It's happened. It's just a thing now. Yeah. I hear you. I, I, fi- I find it very hard to believe that they're going to be able to come out with something new that's going to break your brain the way that this did. A way of looking at our current situation is maybe like a nice analogy that they break free from that makes us feel good again. That's what I want. Right. Yeah. Th- I think that's what everyone wants. Well, what if this? What if the act of watching this movie just one three sevens everyone? Yeah. Okay. All right. There it is. Just waiting for somebody to be an asshole. Wow. I thought this was a, a room full of gentlemen and <laughs> lady. No, it's a bullshit corner. We got too serious. Uh, no, I did love that, though. We all we all have a serious, serious, uh, nostalgic and real attachment to the Matrix. That's true. And that was just a fucking bomb ass year. What was that 99? Yeah, it's Fight Club. Yeah. I remember even as a kid, yes, it was Matrix, Fight Club, and American Beauty. Yeah. I remember even as a teenager, I was like, I don't think I'm going to get this tight collection of great movies ever again. Yeah, <laughs> I had theater. a pretty emotional experience with American Beauty and uh, and Fight Club as well. Some people might put uh, Sixth Sense in there. The birth of Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Yeah, lots of people that blew their minds too. Yeah. I, I feel like I was getting my mind blown all throughout the 90s. Fucking bring on that 90s show because everything good happened in the 90s. <laughs> everything good happened in the 90s. Well, the nothing good has happened after the 90s, that's for sure. That's fucking true. And let's uh, talk about something that's not good. Uh, trailer 2, uh, Don't Look Up. Oh, God. Don't look up. Here we go. This is not real. This is not real. This is not real. This isn't happening. Kate, uh, tell me this isn't really happening. I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess. Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, then you gotta digest it. That's the assessment period. This is the worst news in the history of humanity. He just blew us off. What are we gonna do? We have to release the information. So we just leak it. Our guests today have made a pretty big discovery in space. How big is this thing going? I can't destroy my ex-wife's house. Is that possible? <laughs> There's a 100% chance that we're all going to die. Hey. I'll just hey. Hey. Well, the handsome astronomer can come back anytime, but the yelling lady, mm, not so much. Not so much. We're going to get the news out there one way or another. It's real and it's coming. FBI. Jesus Christ, you could have just called me. This comet contains $30 trillion worth of material. What do trillions of dollars matter if we're all going to die? Oh, no, this is if we're rich, that would be terrible. Let's go. 
discovered a comet. I have a tattoo of a shooting star on my back. Oh, that's that's terrific. <laughs> this could be a complete disaster. This is already a disaster. You know that girl from Live TV said we're all gonna die? No. The FBI put that bag over your head. They don't do that. The CIA does, but I made them do it. You know, I had a feeling. It's a good feeling, because that is what I did, and it was very funny and cool. Nathan, don't look up. Worried or excited? Mm. Okay, so let's move on to trailer number three. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, first of all, I want to say just blanket statement about this entire lineup. <coughs> well, we've never had this many movies that are this long before in a lineup like this matrix right. every is, movie tonight three hours plus yeah basically every yeah like matrix is two hours and 28 minutes the longest matrix film in the lineup of matrix movies don't look up is two hours and 18 minutes why does this fucking movie need to be two hours and 18 minutes long what possible well, got, need could there be for that you got uh four actors who really need to strut their acting ability mm. and a lot of scenes roam shooting. free. Mm. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. Um, you know, I want to talk about something really pointless. And I don't mean the Edmonton Oilers second power play unit. I mean something pointless. Uh, IMDb <laughs> trivia pages where the whole thing just jerks off about who has worked with who previously for which, or sorry, or which, um, which director have they all worked for the same and blah 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 it's just this big six degrees of separation circle jerk on the trivia page mm-hmm. it tells you nothing about the movie except the amount of big name celebrities that are in the film is apparently the only reason to watch it i mean does anyone else think that jonah hill looks bored of himself in this trailer <laughs> yes uh no he's just t- these tired jokes off the rails, you guys this is ridiculous I recently learned about something called the Quigley Poll. Have you guys ever heard of the Quigley Poll? <laughs> no. The Quigley Poll is like this list that they made from 1920 till 2013, where they every year the Quigley Publishing Company produced a poll from all these Hollywood people that established who the most bankable movie stars were in the world. A top ten list, essentially. <sighs> So this is something else for the intern to nerd out about. That's Quib- Quigley, like Quigley Down That's, Under. That's uh, something that The Rock is on top of, followed by Vin Diesel. And no, because the Quigley poll, wrestlers. Quigley poll ended in 2013. So The Rock never oh. was officially. He is the most bankable star now, just based off the box office of his movies, sure. But um, the reason why I bring it up is because this is like, this movie is like if, if there was a Quigley poll now, many of these people would be in the top 10. Like, Jennifer Lawrence was number one in 2013. So, I mean, these are major movie stars. And they just plopped them all together with Adam McKay as the director. Because apparently Adam McKay is a good director. But The Big Short kind of feels like a mistake now because Vice was a piece of shit. And uh, after this, he's going to make a movie about the theremin bitch called Bad Blood, which I'm no longer interested in because he's involved. I'm just really irritated by this whole thing, and I'm worried. Yeah, Vice was very horrible. Which one was Vice? 
So with Christian about, Bale uh, about uh, uh, that Vice President Don Cheney. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Dick Cheney. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, Sorry. yeah. Sorry, Dick, not Don. It was all about his transformation as an actor into a schlub, and then yeah, but it wasn't about that at all. It no, was. No, I mean, that was like the most like interesting part of it. Yeah, was uh, Christian Bale's neck muscles. But then it's then the movie itself sucked. Oh, it was. Uh, I didn't very know. bad. <laughs> very bad. So the thing about Don't Look Up for me, okay, there is precedent for this movie being this long. I just want to put that on the record. I don't. This is not in defense of, but I'm just saying, like. We're dealing with a, you know, comet, you know, a space object flying to Earth. Just for reference, Armageddon, two and a half. Deep Impact, Solid 2. Independence Day, 225. The Martian, 224. So these movies last this long. Yeah, Mars Attacks is also over too. <laughs> oh, shit. I want to watch that now. <laughs> yeah. I have decided, and it's weird because when she first started, I loved Jennifer Lawrence. But as time has gone on, I now fucking hate her. Like, mm-hmm. it's because I hate her as a person, as a human being, that I can no longer deal with her in as, as an actress. Um, she's so, like, condescending and, like, overly pleased with herself most of the time that it's like, oh, God, you're just, you're just a celeb, you're just a celebrity. And you, ugh. Like, she bitched and moaned over how she got paid less for American Hustle. But then she was asked the same question about this movie where she was, again, paid less than Leo. And she was like, well, you know, I've, I, I'm OK with it this time because, you know, Leo is uh, who he is. So it's like either you have a point of view or you don't. Don't bitch when it suits you and not when it doesn't. I, I take umbrance with that kind of crap. Um, this movie just looks bad. It looks uh, it looks like Netflix, it's sort of like Red Notice. Netflix threw these people a bunch of money, and so they were like, fine, whatever, we'll go work for a few days and make a, a mediocre movie and move on with our lives. Yeah, give them all equal screen time, so it's actually it's longer than it has to be. And then, yeah, it's just something about it. Also because in these movies where Leo plays these like quirky characters, that's usually a big driving point or selling point of the movie. But whatever the character he's playing in this movie, while it looks kind of charming i guess looks kind of charming, seem to yeah. scene it's not really like i'm not like whoa i gotta go see leo here? play this boring yeah. comet all, all i see is the same facial hair as django and i'm waiting for him to say the n-word <laughs> well and you know okay so they're annoyed that the u.s government isn't going to do anything about telling the world at large that they're about to die is in it completely objectively irresponsible so I don't agree with what these characters who are supposed to be my my protagonists. I, I don't agree with what they're doing. So no, I definitely don't want to watch it. I, and everyone in the White House is like a parody of the governmental positions that they're representing. Yeah, I just don't have uh, any energy for it. I don't care. And, and what the, you said earlier was so accurate. Like Jonah Hill does look tired of himself. Yeah. Like they asked him to come play, you know, do that thing where you just quip off a bunch of shit and we'll take the best take. And he's like, yeah, like that joke at the end where he's just like, yeah, and it was the right thing to say. And it was funny and it was cool. (laughs) And I'm like, no, that wasn't funny. It wasn't cool. And I'm not watching this fucking movie. And you can go fuck yourself along with Adam McKay (laughs) and everybody. I'm excited. (laughs) No, I'm worried. 
Uh, did everybody go? Sometimes I skip over the intern. Yeah, you definitely skipped over me, but I only have redeeming things to say. So, oh, you, you know, want, you want to see this piece of trash? Uh, yeah, I'll probably watch it on the twenty fourth. I mean, I'll watch it because it will be convenient for me to do so. But it is. Uh... I'm gonna watch this the way that you watched Red Notice. Okay. Okay. I understand that. Saying that, I fully expect this to be way better than Vice and not as good as uh, The Big Short. Well said, intern. And not talk up. Apparently there's a huge range in between those two movies, so I'm sure you probably landed in a yeah. safe place. Throw, yeah. throw a dart anywhere from here Safest to there. bet. Oh, and look, Jennifer Lawrence is going to play the uh, Elizabeth Holmes Ther- Theranos bitch in the uh, Adam McKay biopic movie. When you know, is anyone else troubled by these biopics where when you know too much about the news story already, you don't really want to see a fictional adaptation? Right. Like there's, no. there's more examples of this. I can't think of them right now, but when I do, I'll share them. And, On episode uh, 274. <laughs> no, there's another one. Oh, right. Um, oh, this probably doesn't work, but Tiger King. It's like season two is about everybody reacting to the hype of the first season oh god i watched like one episode of that i was like what this is about how it affected all of your lives get out of here what a weird thing to make are you kidding me and people would just lap it up i guess you forget about how famous that shit was that shit was pretty famous for because they they hit the mark right when the pandemic started everybody was stuck at home and they oh this tiger king I feel like everyone had the same reaction, which was like, oh, man, this is so crazy and hectic. And then it was like, oh, a woman's arm got bitten off. Oh, my God. A guy accidentally killed himself. <laughs> oh, and, uh, this is fucking dark. These people are dangerous. <laughs> well, they're they're going to make uh, they're going to make two different shows, two different fictional shows. Nick Cage is going to be in one of them. So that's funny. But do you care to watch that no. after it's been documentaried? No. Like, why? Why would you do that? That's no, that's it, the it relevant. Also, it wouldn't be any crazier than it already is if you tried to make it. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Anyway, number three, questionable whether this is actually a horror movie. I apologize, Daniel. The producers thrust this on me. Producers. It's uh, Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley. Here we go. Step right up and behold one of the unexplained mysteries of the universe. Is he man or beast? This creature has been examined by the foremost scientists and pronounced unequivocally a man. I am prepared to offer you folks one last chance to witness this supreme oddity. Where did it come from? Begotten by the same lust and threat that got us all walking on this earth, but gone wrong somehow in maternal wounds. Not fit for living. Is it a beast? 
bem refém. Come on, man. Let's find out. Is he man or beast? Okay, Daniel, you were excited about Nightmare Alley. Uh, I was totally unaware of this movie. have not heard of it or seen anything about it, which is weird. I thought that I would have picked up on something by uh, Guillermo. Um, <clears throat> two hours, 30 minutes. Two hours and 30 minutes. Man, I'm like right on the fence, so that's really pushing me. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's like, there's not really a whole lot to go off of. You understand that there's some sort of weird beast creature, but it doesn't imply who that could be throughout the entire trailer. So you don't know if it's Cooper or any other actor that it shows in the, uh, on screen um, or really what's even being referenced at all. So there's a greater mystery here to pull you in. So that's enticing. Uh, Del Toro is, is, uh, can usually handle things even when he's bringing you something relatively mediocre. And I'm a sucker for like old timey carnival settings. Like yeah, that's it's kind of like a detective neo noir thing going on with the yes, carnival stuff yes. as well. There's, yeah, there's like a like a <laughs> yeah a carnival black dahlia uh, shape of water. <laughs> yeah, vibe all being mixed together. So it's tough. It's like real close. I guess <sighs> two and a half. Man, can could you say you're interested enough to check it out? And if it's not good, you may not go the whole two hours and 30. You might start yes. the movie, but you may not finish it. <laughs> if, it's, if it's visually uh, cool enough, it may be able to like, I might be able to eke out that last 20 minutes when I'm, when I'm wanting the movie to end. Uh, also, if the mystery ends up being uh, interesting or at least emotional in some way. So it's tough to say because they don't give you a whole lot to go on other than just motif and atmosphere, which was kind of all that the victorian hat movie gave you to go off of and that turned out pretty mediocre so now i'm almost talking myself out of this <laughs> just yeah, drop this the is, hammer man just drop it you're worried this is based off of a 1947 movie nightmare alley which is a noir hmm. and it's really good okay like the original is that a criterion black and white movie that you have on your shelf yeah they just released it actually oh, then i'm worried to go i'm worried amanda what is the over under? What is the over under on the number of years until we start to see uh, Kate Blanchett age? Oh, she's probably got another ten in her before she's her appearance changes even a fraction. Because I have going to be just her. like Helen Mirren. I haven't seen her yeah, age at all. Yeah, from Elizabeth she looks exactly until now. The same as she did in Aviator. Yeah, yeah, she does. Her Mirren Swinton, they're all like witches in some sort of coven. <laughs> She was in uh, Don't Look Up as well, the anchor lady. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? How do you get your skin to look that way, Kate? Baby blood. Oh, shit. Okay, here, we're going to do this. All right. What's weird is that I saw a different trailer for this last night when I saw Gucci. Adrena Crowell. The other trailer is nothing like this trailer. (laughs) That's true. I chose this one because this one leaves you in the dark a little bit. Keeps you We're excited. Trying to convince Daniel to say he was excited. Yeah. If I showed the other trailer, he would have been worried out of the gate. No, no questions asked. And he would have said, "Why is this a horror movie?" Exactly. Yeah, the other trailer <laughs> makes it even harder to sell this as a horror movie. 
this one at least says there's a beast or something, and you're just like, oh, well, Daniel will buy that. What is this? Manipulation <laughs> by your really duped, worried. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no good horror movies coming out. That's it, fair. I've, 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 I saved you guys from probably 25 horror movies that I've seen over the last many weeks. Although I think we may have found a gem in the last lineup with The Feast. That one actually looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm worried. I don't want to watch this for two hours and 30 minutes. I might be interested for an hour and a half or possibly two hours, but two hours and 30 is too much. I'm getting tired of these directors just now. jerking themselves off. Like, fuck off. Seriously. Guillermo delivers. Okay. He executes, Nathan. Does he? In a way yeah. that's interesting to me, because I've been watching some pretty long movies lately. I've been listening to the Rewatchables podcast. I watched Heat again. I watched JFK again. Those movies absorb me. If this movie doesn't yeah. absorb me, do you? can you owe me something? Can no. We, can we make a bet that you owe me something if this movie doesn't absorb me for the entire two hours and 30 minutes it's going to take from my life? I'll pinch your ass the next time I stay at your house. Deal. Bank it. Let's do it. If you end up liking it, you have to watch both Guillermo's Hellboys and then the Hellboy reboot. That's a steep price. I like his Hellboys. Yeah, I don't mind his Hellboys. I like both of them. No, I, all the all the monster makeup and stuff, phenomenal. Yeah. I love it. And I like, yeah, no, I like the first two Hellboys. I haven't seen the reboot. I'm afraid of it. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Yeah. Are you all done with this movie? So, so uh, why, excited. why was the other trailer so crazy? Is it, because, is it because it's like all a big like metaphor or something and there's actually no beast and it's just Bradley Cooper like trapped in his own verbal psychology or something? Uh, well, it, it's confusing because like most of the trailer, Bradley Cooper is like giving a lie detector test to some sort of government or something. I don't know. He's no, a Blade Runner. Asking like, <laughs> and they're asking him questions about his being a medium, like him being able to read minds and stuff like that and so that's why i was like barely i from the other trailer i was not aware that it was a creature feature yeah there was i was turned off by the other trailer I was less interested after watching that so i don't know i don't know but i really like bradley cooper yeah no, i know i don't mind like, i gotta like guillermo i did like the shape of water so maybe i should just maybe you should just shut up and take it yeah maybe i should just shut up and watch it it's probably bad it kind of what Crimson Hotel, <laughs> Crimson <laughs> Song? What was that one? You know what was, what was not good? Y'all remember uh, that uh, that Franco Wizard of Oz movie? Oh, that kind of gives me that vibe a little bit. Oof, oof, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was we'll yeah, put that on the pointless great. list. I've been I've been trying to find things that were pointless. I'm trying to that make a, a list movie. list of things that are pointless. Oh, okay. Let's move on. Uh, trailer number four tonight. Uh, we are we are going back to Marvel. We're going to check out Spider Man's uh, No Way Home. Spider-Man 3, colon 3, this is my home. (laughs) Perfect. Here we go. Ever since I got bit by that spider, I've only had one week where my life has felt normal. That was when you found out 
botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. We started getting some visitors. From every universe. Hello, Peter. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Dr. Otto Octavius. <laughs> Wait, no, seriously, what's your actual name? There are others out there. We need to send them back. So, Scooby-Doo this crap. You know, all this is kind of your mess. I know a couple of magic words myself, starting with the word please. Please, Scooby-Doo this crap. You're flying out into the darkness to fight ghosts. What do you mean? They all die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah, me too. Don't. Look, there has to be another way. There isn't. They're a danger to our universe. You're not gonna take this away from me. Peter. You're struggling to have everything you want while the world tries to make you choose. This is all my fault. I can't save everyone. They're starting to come through, and I can't stop them. Intern. Spider-Man worried or excited? Uh, I don't know how they're doing this to me. I am tired. I'm tired of Marvel movies. Two hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> I'll, I'll go see this in the theater. I don't... Are you interested at least in trying to watch how they juggle all these people? Like we're talking Willem Dafoe, we're talking uh, Doctor Octopus, we're talking uh, all of them. They got Electro, they got Sandman, Electro. they got the Lizard, yeah. they got them all back. So how are they going to juggle all this? So what I want to know is, do you remember how um, Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine were in every single movie ever? Um, how did that shift to um, Willem Dafoe? Well, Samuel because Jackson now, should be in that list. He's now in everything, and he's good in everything. Yeah, he's in half this lineup. Is he really? No. Is that fucking true? <laughs> yeah, he's in Nightmare, well, he's in Nightmare, Nightmare Alley. Alley and oh, he was Spider-Man. I missed him in there. I'm he's sorry. The, he's the Barker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like Tom Holland. As Spider-Man, I'm really looking forward to seeing Fat Toby, <laughs> Toby, and awkward Andrew Garfield. Right, this work is, their way into this. This is essentially the multiverse, uh, Spider-Verse 
live action movie. Right. Yeah, right? it's like, oh, we're going to steal that into the Spider-Verse idea. Oh, that was the most popular Spider-Man movie. We better take something from it. Oh, and they're doing two and three of the animated movie as well. Mm-hmm. Those are on the docket, as well as three more Spider-Man movies okay. with so you're, Tom Holland. Anyway, you're worried, but you're going to go watch it. I'm very frustrated uh, going to watch it, worried. Okay. Amanda, I have a question. I don't, yeah. Has, is, is the Marvel Cinematic Universe on the verge of collapse? Like, is Spider-Man supposed to, and no. Doctor Strange, are they supposed to save this whole thing? From collapsing? Because the Eternals got the first ever Marvel rotten review. Are we, are they banking on this? Um, this and Doctor Strange too, I guess. Yeah. And so, yes, but you're, the answer to your question is yes, these two characters are supposed to sort of heave it back up until, I don't know, they can fix it with some bigger story arc again, it, I guess. Tom, just more, Tom, though, like they're just both hosting the end of the Marvel Universe. That's a <laughs> great. Like, why don't you guys hang out with us as this thing dies? That's a great comment. I don't feel like Tom Holland has this movie cinematic presence that everybody seems to bestow on him. Has anyone seen the preview for Uncharted? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm not there. I don't see it. I don't see this kid. I don't get it. Like, as Spider-Man hanging out with Robert Downey Jr., sure, it was working, but now... Because he, st- he has a baby, baby, baby face. Yeah. So I can't take him seriously as a leading man. No, I can't. But yeah, what? even when he takes his shirt off? He's cute. He's a cute young boy. He's a boy. He's like an <laughs> he's like a 20-year-old boy and yeah, you'll teach him a thing or two. He's not gruff enough, man enough or witty enough to be Nathan Drake. That's exactly correct. Like what are you doing? Yeah. We're going to shit all over uncharted if we do it. We may not even do it. I might be too disgusted. Is in the disgust comes from you wanting that to be really fun. Yeah, cuz I played I played those games. I'm sorry that this is divulging into, into an uncharted conversation, but but Mark Wahlberg is Sully. Fuck off. Get out of here. Off. Unbelievable. Are no, you I know. joking me? The man has gray hair with a mustache in the game. So let's try to... He's an older guy. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, and yeah, and Tom Holland apparently stepped in and helped uh, f- force some sort of renegotiation between Sony and Disney so we can look forward to more of this. And now Spider-Man gets to be in all the Venom movies as a part of this deal as well. He can have, Sony can have its own Spider-Man franchise and Mar- he gets to continue being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like the floodgates are open. For him. He's going to be in the most Marvel movies out of anyone. Well, he's just, he's just bankrolling his, his future. Like this is what Edward Norton should have done. He should have been the Hulk a couple times, made a shit ton of money and then started his own production company. But he had to be a bitch. So here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird. Cause there's just like, don't have much, yeah, I'm not really excited to go see this. I too am kind of done for a while with Marvel movies. Them doing weird stuff with the television seems more interesting. Like them kind of experimenting with different genres and trying to do different stuff on TV seems cool. But the movies, I don't think I'm kind of done with, which is sad because I actually, I actually think it's very clever what they've done in this movie to bring together all the various Spider-Man timelines because they know that everyone thinks it's ridiculous that this is the third. <laughs> part three of this franchise in the last 15 years 20 years so i i really appreciate the metaverse bringing everyone together 
Dr. Octopus being like, wait a minute, you're not my Peter Parker. Like that's all cool ideas. So I'm sad that I'm not, I'm just not excited for this. Yeah. That's the only part that interests me is watching them juggle all these villains. Like, how do you do this? How do you pull this off? Like I, and still make all the, you know, necessary quippy Marvel jokes that they're clearly making. I think one of the things and why this is frustrating is that they're doing not the standard movie anymore for all this Marvel stuff. Like it's guardians of the galaxy and eternals and the 10 rings, which is related to the eternals. Everything is fucking wacky now. Like it's not, yeah, it's not grounded. You're, you're for the, the, the fab four. Mm. But I, I think that uh, Thor and Spider-Man are the two that are going to be holding this franchise down. Well, they're going to pass the torch to Natalie Portman, Thor Love and Thunder. So we'll see what shit show that creates. She wants back I think that. Well, no, they're going to make... Yeah, there's a storyline in the Thor comic books that turns Jane, the character Jane, into Thor. So I'd, they're going to do that. What's his name still going to be part of it? Hemsworth is going to hand off to her, and then they're going to try to... I don't know. The whole thing is going to... And then we're going to do Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. Everybody excited for Moon Knight? Yeah. Like I don't, guys. I uh. the problem with Moon Knight is that its 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 tone is too similar to Deadpool. Mm. Moon Knight is also like a wacky. Like his power is that he's like multiple personalities, and whichever personality is best suited to handle the situation is the one that takes over. So he also has this like deranged quipping on everything. Mm. In the moonlight, everything is acerbic and wackadoodle. But all he all, all he doesn't have is the breaking the fourth wall thing that Deadpool has. They At least to, from what I've noticed, they I'm need not... to they need to back off from this. Like I I hope it all crashes and burns at this point. To be honest, if it crashes and burns, they're going to start over at the beginning. Iron Man one. Sadly, he's probably right. Yeah. And maybe they'll take a break and redo Harry Potter first. Maybe so. Oh, they're doing much later. That's coming out on HBO. Like like a the cursed real, child. Anyway, real hardcore like Twilight, Fifty Shades mashup, mashup reboot. Yeah, mm. we need to just start reviewing porn. Okay. Um. Actually, no. What's going to start happening is they're going to start remaking things that are even older than what they have been remaking. So that means we're going to get a remake of all the musicals welcome everyone to your five hole (laughs) west side story is that is that baby driver West Side Story. Here we go. Tonight, tonight, the world is full of light. This is my first time in New York City. I want to be happy here. I want to make a life, a home. Are you ready? Tonight is about family. 
the first gringo boy who smiles at you. I never seen you before. I'm not Puerto Rican. Is that okay? Do you want to start World War III? You know, I wake up to everything I know either getting sold or wrecked or being taken over by people that I don't like. You keep away from him as long as you're in my house. I'm a grown-up now, Bernardo. I'm gonna think for myself. Tony, we need you if we're going to war. Who are you? Friend or foe? If you go with him, no one will ever forgive you. Nathan, bring us home. Worried or excited? I'm ready. I'm ready for something different that's being refreshed from something old that's already been done. (laughs) I uh, think that every shot in this trailer looks like it's got some sort of filter on it. It's giving this aged, like old school look that I've never seen before. But it looks so vivid. The colors look very crazy. And the trailer like makes me emotional for some reason the song yeah it's just a combination of all the stuff that spielberg's doing here like i don't know i know it's just a rehash of romeo and juliet but hey isn't dune a rehash of hamlet like where do you draw the line about what's cool and what's not <laughs> don't don't you dare compare west side story to <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying they all drive they're all driven from old school stuff everything's a rehash of something else yeah there's only like eight real plots in the entire existence yeah yeah and I just think that this looks clearly, this looks like it's being executed. The only thing that bothers me about this movie is this comment about um, that there will be no English subtitles when the characters are talking in Spanish. Spielberg explained that this was done out of respect for the inclusivity of our intentions to hire a totally Atlantic cast to play the sharks, boys and girls. Whatever. No oh, good. He gets oh. seven woke points. It's yeah. still not good enough, though, because Maria is Colombian and not Puerto Rican, so oh. he still failed. Well, I connect with that one kid, that one line. I was just like, what does he say? I wake up and I see everybody getting taken over by people I don't like. <laughs> I'm like, that's me. That's me. There I am. She's not even Puerto Rican. Cancel it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's any reason to shit on this. It's going to execute um, maybe hilarious. It'd be hilarious if it won the Oscar because that would mean that the same movie won Best Picture twice. And that would also just further point out the the nonsense that is the Academy Awards. That would be a first. It would be a first. I'm worried. Well, it is two hours and 36 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) No, it looks beautiful. I mean, they're, they're, I'm sure we'll execute to use our turn of phrase on this show. I, um, the sets look beautiful. Our two, you know, our Romeo and Juliet are beautiful people. Uh, 
lovely, lovely, lovely. But at the end of the day, I just personally have never liked the music in West Side Story. And since it's a music hall, um, if you don't like the music, you're kind of out on it. And so that's really just the, that's my problem with it, is that I just have never liked the songs ever. So, hmm. uh, Just in general, I don't, I don't know that I've seen enough musicals to be a musical expert. And I don't know that I've ever actually watched the full West Side Story, the original. So I don't really, maybe I would share that opinion after watching this. I'll get back to you. Yeah, a lot of my just there's a handful of the songs that I just find super annoying, and so I just don't like it. <laughs> Is there a musical that you would like to see get remade? Uh, Rent, because they did a horrible job making Rent hmm. the first time. That's one of my favorite shows ever. Interesting. But you can just watch Tick Tick Boom instead. Lots of AIDS in that show. There's so much AIDS. Apple. Lots of AIDS. Apple AIDS. I want to see Apple remade. Apple? Mm-hmm. That's a musical. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's a musical. Named Apple. It's, it's uh, a some horror. Late seventies, I think. Um, oh God, it has that one song that they sing like five times throughout the. I watched it up here one day, and you were like, "Jesus Christ, what is this?" <laughs> What's the one with the plant that eats people? Oh yeah, yeah Rocky. That's horror. the best musical period. Yeah. Oh, okay. Suddenly, Seymour. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm ready for. I'm ready for a remake of that. Um, I want to say that uh, Amanda, you're really onto something because the original West Side Story is uh, not very interesting. Like, yeah, the music doesn't tickle my fancy. The storyline, also, I don't really care. That one white kid who uh, is sick of uh, people stealing all of his shit or whatever. Uh, he seems like a great actor, and the production design looks phenomenal, as well as the cinematography. Isn't he like? Yeah, isn't, isn't he like Benvolio? Isn't he like the guy that gets killed because Al Gore doesn't show up? That's um, uh, the Romeo and Juliet. You know, gotta go by that. Anyway, <laughs> this—it's a travesty because it looks like Spielberg has done everything that he could possibly do to make this a great movie. The problem is, is that it's West Side Story. Yep, basically. <laughs> That's so that was very poignant what you just said. Yes, it did look like he has done everything possible to make this watchable and spectacular. And you're still like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe if I watch this and there's a bunch of people that are really into it, it would be okay. But I, I'm not looking forward to it. Well, I'm. I'm not big on musicals, so I think everyone knows what my answer is on this. So instead of shitting all over it, because I can feel Nathan getting tense. Um, <laughs> no, I was sitting here musing I, about like all the musicals I've watched on stage. And I think I've actually enjoyed musicals more at like live dinner theaters than I have on any film mm -hmm. experience. Oh, yeah. I can probably see that. You know what I wouldn't mind just from watching all this? I honestly uh, could see like an Adams Family Origins with this main chick as a young Morticia. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I could see that, too. <laughs> He's a casting horror movies. <laughs> well, I know I don't like this. So let's see. What can we take from it? <clears throat> I was saying about guys and dolls and those damn Yankees. Musicals like that. But the trouble is that all these all this material from these old musicals is pretty racist stuff, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's just old enough to be offensive. So it's like you'd have to change it all, which means you have to make new musicals. You remember that musical, uh, the Beatles one, Across the Universe? That was really popular in the video store. Yeah. I really I liked that it. movie. I remember it coming out. And people really liked Moulin Rouge as well. So. Oh, I love Moulin Rouge. Hey, what if they redid Moulin Rouge with Gaga? Oh, oh my God, I would die. There we go. That's a good note. Yeah, Moulin Rouge and Chicago, they were back-to-back years. Yeah, and I was offended by Chicago winning Best Picture for some reason. I don't know what else came out that year, but there was something. Not to, not to put a bad, a sour cherry on top of all this, but apparently West Side Store is bombing hard this weekend. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, the reviews are good, but nobody's seeing it, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, everyone's got tickets for Spider-Man. That's true. It's like broken, breaking records or something. Yep. Which I don't get because it's not. It doesn't look that good. It just looks convoluted. It's going to be in the top 100 grossing movies of all time. Well, and it's people. all because Americans love Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I certainly hope not. He's a dick. He's he's the one. He's everyone's favorite Spider-Man, apparently. All right. Now that he's 50, it's going to be great. <laughs> well, there you go. There you have it, everybody. Um, it was supposed to be a lineup that brought the universe together, the physics of the universe together, and I feel like The Matrix by itself as the headliner maybe saved this entire lineup because it was downhill from there. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> So, not the greatest lineup of all time. No, no, no. It just makes you want to play. It makes you want to play Hamlet two clips. Oh. Hey, you fucking bastards! <laughs> Move your giant cotton candy. Move that gigantic cotton candy. <laughs>